What makes a person of interest? Coach Michael Burke cuts to the chase, interviewing some of the biggest names in the world. How do they think? What makes them tick? What are their thought processes? And how they became a person of interest. Hey guys, I'm Coach Michael Burke, the super coach. And every single month, I love spending time with talented, motivated, progressive, as my buddy Tim Story would say, world changers. So we've got one of my good friends, one of our one of our coaching clients, somebody who's doing some big things in the world today. He's got a brand new book out. And man, this book feels good. It looks good. It feels good. Uh, from church boy to millionaire, uh, Mr. Doug Wood, who is a gentleman I met at 10X uh, two years ago. We immediately hit it off. We saw each other a day after the 10X. And since then, we've been able to do some tremendous things together. He has blown up in a business. He's got all kinds of team members. He's doing big things in the world. And Doug, I'm just excited about having you on Person of Interest because you really have become a major person of interest in the world. So thank you for joining me on POI today. Thank you, coach. It's good to be here, man. It was uh, not that long ago, uh, literally uh, hearing you on stage at 10X and uh, you know what? You were hands down the most authentic real speaker uh, that entire weekend. And uh, luckily I was able to get a hold of Eric out there at the table and uh, you and I were able to have coffee the next day. And, and my world has changed drastically since that meeting in that hotel room here in Arizona. Well, I talk about that because, you know, in the book, I appreciate the, the shout out to me. And one of the things you said is thank you for the time. I now see, I now see it because I remember our meeting in Phoenix and it was uh, a very intense good positive meeting but you were so hungry and you were trying to find who who Doug Wood was and what you wanted to do in the world and how you wanted to go to the next level so take a minute and and unpack that because I think we look at you today and we go oh Doug Doug Wood's good looking dude he's got a beautiful family he's got a thriving business he's got like like but they don't see the unseen hours. They don't see the behind the scenes. They don't see the struggle that you face. So talk a little bit about what you were going through at that period and kind of how that, that switch flipped for you. Well, that's a great question because I think every, you know, we're so used to in life seeing the before and the after. And I want to write a book of what does the in-between look like? You know, we've seen coach the, I got it on my wall actually right in front of me, um, you know, success. And then what it really looks like under the surface the late nights, hard work. What about the hard conversations with your wife? What about the, the sometimes of, you know, literally wanting to throw it, throw in the towel and just, you know, cry a little bit. What about those days? And I wanted to tell that story, that real story, because, you know, I had uh, been at a place for six to seven years building a very successful company. And I reached a point last year to where I could travel the world. And uh, I did that right after 10X last year. T and I just went out and we traveled the world because we had reached a place where income um, took care of us. We had really good income and, and multiple streams of income. So it was just flowing in. And also we had the time. But it, what happened was when I was in Europe last year, coach, I realized that uh, a couple things. I, I realized one that if this is what everybody is dreaming of when they retire, um, it's beautiful. We got some beautiful photos. <laughs> But if this is what everyone's working so hard for, they're going to be very disappointed because I'm 40 years old going, all right, I've seen the Amalfi Coast. Rome and Venice was beautiful. Let's either get back to work because I'm actually a better father, a better husband, and a better coach when I'm in the pursuit 
of, of, of in my unique ability in yes. giving back, but also in giving life and breathing life into other people. And it, I kind of had to go on a walkabout to figure that out mm-hmm. to really, I've got to add more value to other people's life. And what happens is you become a, a much stronger, bigger person of interest to where you can turn around and really help people. And that's Tina, Tia, my, who's my wife and uh, our mission. Mm. Well, I think one of the things people of interest do is they live fascinating lives. Mm. You know, they do fascinating things, but you said the right word. They are most alive when they are creating something right. big in the world. Okay. That brings them to life that, and, and, pulling things out of other people and inspiring them to go teach other people something. So, but your business model allowed you the, the, the potential to go do that. So I think that's kind of an unseen thing. People don't really know about you is how, how have you built such successful teams? What's your real strategy? How have you built such a, a downline of people who believe in you? Like, what would you say are the key points to, to building that business that's allowed you to have the life, even to go on the walkabout that you needed to, to get the clarity you had to come back and write the book you have? Well, first of all, you got to make sure your, your ladders leaned up against the right tree. You know, will what you're a part of and what you're doing, um, is it offering value to the world and is it duplicable and do people need it? Um, I spent 32 years. Well, until I was 32 years old, I realized for me and I have nothing against people who are in traditional brick and mortar retail that you can only scale it so big. And I could only spend so much time with my family being in that industry. Um, but I, I mistakenly got into the health, health industry. And T and I made a decision seven to eight years ago. And we said, we are never going to sacrifice profit for people. If we know, I mean, it's like, it's like God's law. It's if you add value um, to other people's life, um, the law of compensation says you will be compensated for it. And so we're going to be, we, we made the decision to be intentional in relationship to authentically care about people, knowing that there might not be a business transaction for one year, two years, three years, but we're going to help people. And if you give away enough, people will eventually pay you for your services. And so we, yes, we have a system and systems are important and systems are duplicable, but it's hard to duplicate culture if you're not in there and your culture is really not defined that somehow has to do with I'm adding value to people's life, whether that be your own team, whether it be your clients, whether that be, you know, people that you want to sell to and help. And when T and I were willing to say, we don't care if this thing takes us eight to nine years to create, we're not looking for the overnight wins. We're looking for the long-term wins because we want to get time and help people create freedom. And so that's probably the first thing that we decided to do on the front end. And it did while it took three to four to five years before we started seeing the big traction, um, that's when things started to blow up. And there was this sowing period and then a reaping period. And, and I, you know, Charles Stanley always said, we always reap what we sow more than we sowed it for longer than it was sown. And when you're thinking about that statement, you, you were working, but, but this church board, a millionaire concept, you were selling furniture at some point, correct? Uh, I owned uh, small small furniture stores, about fifteen employees, and that's what that's what I did for a long time. Family business. And you're way too looking, look, way too good looking of a dude to be selling furniture, man. That's one thing I tell you. Because because I was not working in my unique ability. Yeah, 
And, and so yeah. you were selling these things. At what point did you say, this is ridiculous? Like, this is crazy. What am I doing? Because there's a lot of people out there that their prey drive has not been activated and they're just kind of going down that path. And you walked in and said, look, I got to do something different. Like this ain't working. What was that moment? Yeah, I talk about it in the book, but it really, when you start to repeat the same week in the same month in the same year, year after year, and you show up to church on Sunday, you try to put the girls in a cute dress and you smile like everything's okay. Hey brother, good to see you. And you're like, I can't give this person, Hey, one more brother uh, because it ain't real no more. And there's gotta be more. I'm, I'm dreading Mondays and, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I was not afraid of hard work, but I, I just came to a point where I'm like, I, I literally kind of cried out, I'm like, God, I need a miracle. Like, I'm not the father or even, even the, the employer that I want to be. Um, is there a better way? I'm open. And I, I, um, I literally pounded my, my fist against this, against this red carpet in the back of my store one morning. And I said, God, I quit. I quit. Um, if, if you want to take this business from me, I'd rather have my family back than anything. And, and sure enough, if you, if you challenge God once in a while, he, he might take you up on it. And it was cool because I realized that I was quitting on my agenda and I was actually getting in line with my purpose and he had a bigger plan for me, but I was so tied to making my thing work and it wasn't working. Everyone around me could see it, but it was a lot of it was ego. It was pride. And that's why in the, in the uh, in chapter four in the book, it says it's okay to quit. And sometimes it's okay to quit on things that are no longer you're serving you. Maybe that season was done so you can put your ladder against the right tree and, and, and do what you, maybe you were meant and called to do. Uh, but it might be, it might look different. You might not have a degree for it, but it's okay. Be okay with it's what you want to do. It might look different and people around you don't have to understand it either. Mm -hmm. Church board and millionaire. Where did the title come to you? I, I like to, um, uh, sometimes push boundaries and take things right to the edge. And I knew that, uh, that I, I speak two languages really well. Um, I've grown up in the church since, you know, both my grandfathers were pastors. My dad was a, was a deacon and uh, grown up in the church and, and never left and always had a, you know, a, a love for God. But over the last five to six years, I see the people sometimes around me, um, a little bit of a, a, a broken mindset around a lot of the people I was going to church with and just, well, if it's supposed to be, God will, you know, drop it in my lap or he'll send the blessing. And, and I saw a lot of people having the mindset of not wanting to work for it. Not, you know, so I like to pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on me. And I think somewhere in between it works out pretty good. Um, but if you're trying to put too much, one of them too much credit, um, I think the, things haven't always aligned. And the name came from, I can speak, faith really well, but I can also speak success. And I found myself being foreign words in both categories. Yes. And I, I found that I'm a bridge builder and I, I'm not leaving the church. I am a church boy, but yet we, me, as, as some of our places of faith need to start walking and acting in abundance. And so I figured if I can speak both languages, I don't want to leave one or the other behind and just, you know, forget that. Stay away from successful people. You know what some people say, but then other people are like, well, you know, I don't want to have much to do with church because this, this, and this. I'm like, well, what if we just bring it back and in synergy and unity? And so I wanted to be able to tell a story um, that, you know, you don't have to choose your success or faith. I think you can have both and we're better if we do have both. Right. Absolutely. So when you think about that, it, it is a subject that is hard for lots of Christians. I mean, I speak both in the secular world. I'm, I'm doing a men's church event 
next week. And the biggest thing they wanted me to talk about is making tough business decisions from a faith-based perspective, you know, and, and I do think about where I live in the South, you know, the, the, how people look at me because I have an airplane or how they look at me because I have a bus I travel on or you, you, I get treated the worst in my hometown. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> I get treated very well when I leave my home city, but, but I get treated the worst in my home city. And uh, so when I think about your tackling on this subject, Church Board of Millionaire, we've been on this marketing kick this month in Monster Producer about if you don't have a message that repels some people, you won't have a message that attracts the right people. And I think your book really does that. I think it, I think it's strong enough that people go, okay, I grew up in the church just like you. I grew up in church of Christ. We, we didn't talk about anything. Okay. We didn't have music. We like, it was very hardcore. Okay. And then now, you know, now we go to a Baptist church. I've gone to non-denominational churches, but I do think the subject you're tackling is big. Now, when you, when you're talking millionaire, the book, tell me how the book addresses the business side of I'm there. Okay. I'm with you. Christian entrepreneur grew up in the church like you did want to go out there and do something bigger. How does the book address that? Well, I also wrote the book and and, and the title out of a little bit to take people off guard because I know a lot of people will judge this book by its cover. So I want to give some, some people something to judge. Uh, But if you tap open the book, you understand quickly that millionaire is not what's in your bank account. Right. It's what's in your mind. That's right. Because nothing changes in your bank account until you change your mindset. So chapter six, coach, is all about the millionaire mindset. And the millionaire mindset starts with taking personal responsibility that nothing will change until I stop blaming the people around me, my mom, my dad, my pastor, my boss, my coach. If if it's going to be, it's up to me. From this day forward, if life is going to change, it is 100% because of me taking personal responsibility and not repeating one more day of the way it is. And then the side effect of that is your bank account will increase. And you know what? You may be a millionaire soon by the world standards, but unless you change your mind, and you know this, Coach, it ain't nothing changing in the bank account. That's right. Well, I'm looking at that chapter right now, and 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 I really like how you un- – I do think you and Tia have an ab- abundance mindset. I think it's very obvious to people. I think it's the way you share, the way you give, but but also – um, an apostolic gift, you know, Tim story said that to me. I think I see that in you. It's the ability to draw something out. The apostolic gift is the ability to draw something out of another person while almost, while all also simultaneously inspiring them to go teach other people. Right. Okay. And I definitely see that in you and Tia and this mindset that you have abundance. How do we do this? But they got to know it wasn't always that easy for you to. I mean, it hadn't always been clear for you like, like this, like you guys get real, you get raw, you talk about your uh, insecurities, you talk about when it wasn't easy. Share, share that with the group about when did you decide to become vulnerable like that and be real like that? Uh, when I got tired of seeing too many people show me their after, either their after photo or their how great life is. And, and I'm like, and I started feeling isolated a few years ago, coach. I started to feel like maybe I, there's something wrong with me. Maybe these mega speakers or these mega preachers, um, even the, the me's and you's now that maybe they just have like, they got blessed with the perfect life card and they've just, and the rest, and then now they are the ones that like teach us all. And what I realized was the more 
people like you last year at 10X, because I was in a funk last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, life was good, but I was like, there's something, and you got up and some of the things you shared, yeah. and I'm like, now you're giving me a window into what it takes. Yes. Because I'm like, I know I can't be that crazy. I may be a little crazy, yeah. but I can't, my life can't be that jacked up. I just, I'm just looking for a few, few things to twist, and you gave us that. Yeah. And, and I was like, I want to see behind the scenes. I want to see the day-to-day. And that's why you're such a great follow on Instagram because you show the story. Yeah. Your story is like forever because there's like tons of them because you're showing me the hustle, the grind, the, the hard days, you playing with your daughter, you and your wife, you know, this morning we're, we're coaching, um, you know, other, other people. I'm like, you're showing me behind the scenes and I wanted to give people a window into the hard days. I want to give people a window into I am this close to making the best sellers list this Sunday. Yes. And, and you know what? Most people would just be like, woohoo, I made it. No, I'm letting you know, I'm putting it out there right now. I may make it Sunday night and I may not. And I'll deal with the failure if I don't. I don't know if it's a failure. Right. But I'm putting that out there because if you don't know I want it and you don't know that it's important, people are just going to be thinking like, oh yeah, Doug's going to naturally do that. No, I am grinding. This week, I had a little bit of an even coach, you know, you're probably thinking like, oh gosh, your Doug goes, but I had a little bit, of, I had to suck my thumb a little bit yesterday morning going, gosh, dang it, this is tough. <laughs> I, had, I had a few tears coming down the eyes, me and my wife cried for a minute, Yeah. but this is called real life. And if you want something, you got to hustle for it. And I was not going to write a book that made it look like we had this perfect life. I'm going to write a book that shows the day in and the day out. Cause you know what? You've got to show up daily. You don't, you take a day off on your Sabbath, and that's important to get your mind and your heart and your spirit right. Mm-hmm. But you can't afford to go back to Netflix and, and chilling and just thinking that things are going to change because they ain't changing. You know, when I wrote my first book, I had this misconception that I almost thought that when I wrote that book, it was going to be like Harry Potter. Bookstores, <laughs> there were going to be hundreds of people outside the bookstore running to get it, you know, and, 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 and then when I brought it out this was 15 x years ago and nobody bought it i'm like like what do we do now like 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 this writing a book is like starting a new business yeah. it is a business and you got to get attention for that business and you got to go sell and you got to make it important to other people there's so many books that are released out in the world you have to go out into the world which is what you're doing this summer on this tour that you're going around the country so talk a little bit about how what this looks like because you get it you got a book you got a product, and and you are you are going to take that out to the world. You and your wife, your family, going to go on tour. You're going to share this message, church board and millionaire all over the country. What's it going to look like? Well, I listened to a, 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 a MP3 about nine years ago of John Maxwell talking about Lincoln. And it was a little forty five minute segment. If anyone can find it out there, it's really good. It's called Lead Like Lincoln, and he talked about Lincoln's leadership. And do you know that um, Lincoln? Still to this day, I think Trump might challenge him, but to this day, um, Lincoln spent more time out of the White House than in, meaning he was comfortable meeting on people's turf because that's where they're comfortable. Nice. See, most people are like, yeah, come meet me, come swing by my office or come by. The, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's times and places for that, but it's important to go into where the people are. And if you're confident in what you have in your hands, go and be with the people. And after traveling the world last year, uh, being, I'm not going to say the most unfulfilled year of my life, but the most, the year that was not what everyone might dream of when you go travel the world for a year. We realized that this year we want to go be with the people and add value to their life. And so we are 
setting out. We start off this Friday here in Phoenix, and we're going on a 30-city tour nationwide across the United States. Yes. I got a mega bus out there. Nice. I just, you got to see it. I just got the whole thing wrapped. Oh, I love Massive it. momentum tour. Good. And that's what we're doing. We're going to go and literally have three to four hour events and evenings in major cities all across the U.S. We will, uh, across the U.S. We will be in Nashville with you. And uh, that's what we're doing all summer. And we're just going to equip people, um, coach them up, love them up, let them know that family and life and their, their purpose is important. And, and more than anything, not just tell them that, we're going to show them how to start creating their best life. Mm. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Where you were after 10X in that hotel room, when you were trying to figure this thing out to where you are today is light years different. And you have got the clarity that you've been looking for. You got a message, you got a song to sing, you got people to sing it to, and you're going to go out there and do it. And more importantly, you're going to show your kids, you know, we spend a lot of time telling kids they have potential. I think it's incredibly hypocritical for us to tell our children they have potential if they're not seeing their mom and dad reach their own potential. Right. And I think you're showing your kids, look, this is how we fight through a funk. This is how we go out into the world. This is how we do something big. And this book is going to give you, uh, this is a message that gives you the ability to go around the country and, and awaken people to their true potential. Because those evenings are going to be, tell me a little bit about those evenings, like what it's going to look like. If I came to one of those events, what is it going to look like? Yeah. When you come to an event, first of all, um, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of life going on there. We, we know that breakthrough happens in community. So we want to get people who have, who we call just average people, just like us, but having a, a desire for more. They have above average desires. That's who's invited. So people are like, well, is it going to be this? Yeah. If you have a desire for more, you're invited to this night. And we're going to open up with Tia and I sharing a little bit, a little bit about just real life. But after that, Tia is going to be speaking about, she, she founded a company called Kick Fear in the Face. Mm-hmm. We find incredible clothing line too. Um, but it's kickfearintheface.com. And she is going to be talking about identifying your fear. Most people are like, well, I'm just dealing with fear. Well, fear of what? Well, they haven't really thought about it, but identifying it, confronting it and, and acknowledging it that we all deal with it. But then how do we confront it and how do we kick it in the face? Yeah. So T will be kicking off with that. We're partnering with a key influencer in every single city to talk about the integration of families, about how, you know, T is going to talk about, I need to identify my own self, take personal responsibility, kick my own fear in the face, because until I do that, I can't impact my family. Uh, because, you know, if, you know, our first ministry is our family, but really it should be ourselves. So we get ourselves right. We'll talk about integrating families into work life, um, integrated, uh, you know, congruent, intentional congruency and balance. And then I will be doing uh, my keynote. Uh, we'll have a lot of other stuff in between. My daughter, Amaya, who's 14, she's an incredible gifted speaker. She'll be sharing for 10 minutes here and there. But then we're going to go into my keynote, which is literally adopting the millionaire mindset. And and it's going to be – but but I don't want to make it sound like it's just going to be a bunch of talking at you. It's going to be very interactive with the crowd. And it's going to be, like say, about a three-hour um, event and uh, just a bunch of people doing great life together. Man, this this is a big book. Like you, you'd have come, you'd have come at us with a Tony Robbins book, man. 600. <laughs> this is, this is huge. Where, where did you, did all of this just pour out of you or did, or did like, you got a lot to say, right? Like you've been, you've been bottling this up for a while, haven't you? Like it's, that's called, that's called four years coach of 
and and that was all in there last year before I met you. And it wasn't until I'll kind of end with this. It wasn't until last year when we were going on our last trip around the holidays to Singapore. It was actually right after you came out and spoke my big event in here in Phoenix. Yes. We, we boarded the plane and, and I realized that uh, my only disappointment, if something was to happen to me or I, if it was, I, I was only given a few weeks to live was that I did not leave a manuscript for my children mm. to, to know what uh, challenges we faced in our family, in our, in our li- lineages, but in all, our, our legacy and how we want to leave our legacy. I mean, there's videos of me, you know, out there and doing different talks, but I'm talking, my girls don't ever know the full story, you know, cause, cause nobody does. They just see the after, they just see the, the, the millionaire side of the church boy and the beautiful book. I was like, if I don't get this stuff out, um, I, I'm going to probably either explode or implode. I don't know which, probably both. Yes. And so I, and I also realized for people like me, and I want to give permission to any of your audience here that is like, has a book in them because I believe everybody's got a book in them. Everyone's got a story to be told. And sometimes we sit down on the computer and we're like, we kind of freeze. And, and then we're like, well, we'll come back to that. And these books never get written. I realized that I needed to hire somebody to ask me questions. I would give them some, some stuff that's on my mind, like some chapter titles that were, that are in the book. And I'm like, just ask me about it. And I will riff. Because I understand that my unique ability is to externally process, not type and get stuck. And then therefore, four, four years later, no book is written. So when I, when I brought my buddy Jordan into Scottsdale, four days, 18-hour days, I got into a zone that I had never been in, in my entire life. And you know what? A lot of it was just God just showing up in some huge ways, speaking through me. I literally poured all that out in four days. Um, but it was. It was bottled up, man. I can tell. Yeah. Well, I think in every interview – when I interview people of interest, there, there's a moment that I go, that was it, man. What you just said about, about writing, the, the big regret you would have would be not writing that for your kids, not having that plan for them to see. And that's really what this book is. So I got my copy today. I can't wait to dive into it. I love a good book, man. I love a good new book. And like I said, so we're going to tackle this. My wife and I are going to tackle it. We're excited about having you in Nashville, Tennessee, in this area. We absolutely love you and your family. And um, you inspire authenticity in people. And you inspire people to be the best version of themselves. So I just want to congratulate you on the success that you've had. But in my opinion, and I'm, and I'm a pretty good judge on this, I think you're just now getting started you're really just getting started on what you're capable of over the next 10 years. I'm going to really enjoy watching the success you're going to have and the lives you're going to touch and the impact and you using those gifts that the good Lord has given you. So thank you for everything, man. And thank you for being on personal interest. Where can we get this? I know we can get it anywhere. A good book is sold, right? You can definitely get it on Amazon right now. And then of course, churchboydemillionaire.com has got it on there for sale as well. And where can we find out about the tour? Ooh, uh, well, I've got a link on massive on churchboydemillionaire.com. Or massive momentum tour. It's got all the dates. You can get tickets on there, and uh, or just come find me on social media. We'll get you the information. And, and on social media, the real Doug Wood, the, the real Doug Wood on Facebook and Insta and Twitter. Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much, big guy. You are a person of interest. You inspire us. This is a great interview. I can't wait to read the book. Thank you for sending it. And please tell that beautiful wife and those kids that Coach Burt said hello. I'll do it. Thanks, Coach. All right, bud. Thank you. Bye. 
What makes a person of interest? Coach Michael Burke cuts to the chase, interviewing some of the biggest names in the world. How do they think? What makes them tick? What are their thought processes? And how they became a person of interest. 